0: I don't wanna be like, I can't wait to move into Scarsdale, join the country club and like get after it. You know what I mean? I don't have a desire to like make a ton of new friends in like Scarsdale because, you know, we both kind of low key already don't like the vibe in Scarsdale because it's like, it's people that I call
1: Michael's and Jessica's which are like the kind of people who live in Scarsdale basically, yeah. Hey, Matt LeBlanc here. My best friend Marcus, well, You know Marcus, he's our necessarily delusional shrink that lives in Brooklyn, except in a week he won't live in Brooklyn anymore. After nearly 20 years in New York City, he and his wife have bought a house north of Manhattan in a suburb called Scarsdale, which evidently has created all sorts of new necessary delusions. Here's Marcus. I will tell you, right, fucking put a bullet
0: in my head if I ever tell you that I've joined a country club. Like, I'm not going to get into fucking golf. But you can do that out there. I think you can live in this town. You can never leave the town. You can just be in the town and, like, gossip at the supermarket. And, like, there's that thing where your world can just shrink, like, really violently. And I think we're all—that's, like, a thing that a certain kind of person is obviously really anxious about. Some people, like, love it. They welcome that. You know what I mean?
1: Hey, buddy, that certain type of person that gets anxious about that— we're talking about you, right? Your necessary, delusion. your necessary delusion. Your necessary delusion.
0: Why do you keep lying to
1: yourself? Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me, Earth Monster. I'm your host, Matt LeBlanc, and the people that know me best know that I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> Thanks. This is Your Necessary Delusion, the storytelling show that celebrates vulnerability and speaks to the darkest, messiest little parts of your heart about the lies that we tell ourselves every day, the stories that we use to get out of bed, the fantasies that we let propel our lives. And if we're speaking to you, then please speak back to us. Maybe you have a necessary delusion of your own, big or small, and you'd like to share it. You can email us at yournecessarydelusion at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram at yesmatthew. I would love to hear from you. Or maybe you're more private about your own delusions. That's cool. No pressure. But we would really appreciate you taking the two minutes to write us a review on Apple iTunes. That's the Purple Podcast app where you are most likely listening to us right now. Your review would be particularly helpful because the more five-star reviews we get, the easier it is for people to find us and become subscribers as well. So thanks for being here. I am pleased with what I have to share with you today. Hold for music. There we go. It is a short story and a big delusion. With the global pandemic coming to a close, many of us are finding ourselves amidst major life transitions, entering new jobs, new industries, new relationships, and for a lot of people, new locations. And with all of these great transitions come greater delusions. We just can't seem to help it. If you're like me, then at the whisper of a life-changing experience, as basic as, say, a new job or a new neighborhood to live in, My imagination explodes into the world of possibilities. What does this new opportunity mean? What does it mean for me? What influence will it have? It's not just a new neighborhood, it's a whole new me. (laughs) Which is exciting, but at the same time, what does it mean for the old me? This sense of self that I've been wearing around like a custom-made power suit. This sense of self that I've become so comfortable with and familiar with, that I've come to love. What about this guy? Certainly with the evolution of a major life change, he won't survive the move. It's sort of the thing that makes all transitions a double-edged sword. It's a bit of excitement for the unknown, and a bit of anxiety for your sense of familiarity. While you have met my buddy Marcus before in past episodes, I call him our necessarily delusional shrink, but in actuality he's a licensed psychoanalyst, living with his wife and two sons in Brooklyn. Except, as I mentioned, his residence in Brooklyn is on borrowed time. Marcus moved to New York from Cleveland nearly 20 years ago as a dirty hipster college student. We lived together on and off for about five years in the most alternative basement apartment in Queens that you have ever seen. And of course, alternative is code for disgusting, unfinished, borderline unlivable. (laughs) It was a raw basement underneath a giant brick tenement building three blocks from the 7 train. Marcus and I had a thriving group of hipster artist friends that were consciously, unconsciously trying to recreate Bohemia in this basement in the early 2000s. This was in our early 20s, and while I was finding cool trash on the street and literally duct taping it to my bedroom walls, Marcus was kind of the resident wise man. He was more collected than the rest of us. I mean, sure, he would binge eat Chinese takeout six days a week in his bed and was prone to periodic panic attacks, but we were only 24. He was also what you might call an old soul. He wore lots of tweed suits, signature thick frame glasses, he was known to barricade himself in his bedroom quietly reading or furiously typing on his typewriter. You get the vibe. It was 2006 and he had a typewriter. After graduating from a liberal arts college, he worked as an editor at a magazine for a long time in Manhattan, spending his weekends quietly sipping beers on the edges of dumb 20-something conversations outside of bars and chain smoking. Over the years, our group eventually drifted apart. We moved out of the rat's nest. Oh, sorry, that's what we unofficially called the basement in Queens, just to give you an idea. I moved to California to make it. Delusion. And Marcus went back to school to get licensed as a psychoanalyst. We always stayed close. Marcus is like a brother to me. Eventually, he met his wife and got married. I was supposed to be in the wedding and then ended up leaving my man hanging on the big day and not even going. Huge delusion. Huge regret. I was all screwed up. I don't know what to say about it. I thought I was too busy. Too busy to go to my best friend's wedding. Can I get a delusion? Delusion, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Marcus got married and got licensed to practice as a psychoanalyst in New York, and on bated breath, he opened his private practice. That was an anxiety-inducing transition. Would it work? Would people want to talk to him? Could he make a living like this? Of course. Marcus is great to talk to. (laughs) Before long, he had a thriving practice. Eventually, he and his wife bought an apartment in Brooklyn, and they had a couple kids. And little by little, it was just that thing where your dream becomes your reality. He became a grown man, living his chosen life, buying $7 cups of coffee and commuting into the village to see his patients. But now, after nearly 20 years in New York, and 14 months of being stuck inside the apartment during the pandemic, and watching his kids without enough space to run around and grow, and leaning quickly into becoming that curmudgeon that hates the relentless sounds and smells of the big city, he and his wife have made the plunge. They sold their immaculately stylish apartment. I don't know if they would describe it that way, but I would. (laughs) They have very classy taste and an eye for aesthetics. It was beautiful. But they have sold it now and bought a house. A whole new life, a brand new chapter, and maybe identity, in Scarsdale, the suburbs just north of Manhattan. The move is coming on fast, and when I talked to him about a week ago, he was feeling excited. He said he was imagining a new suburban Marcus, like a chilled out Seth Rogen, who wore corduroy suits and tie-dye t-shirts and spent Saturdays kicking around the hardware store. This was particularly surprising because Marcus and I grew up in the suburbs in Cleveland, and frankly he ran away from that shit as fast as he possibly could. (laughs) But it's a full circle. The other big surprise from that phone call was that he and his wife are half serious, half jokingly kicking around the idea of starting to smoke weed in the evenings sometimes. Just a harmless little delusional ritual to imagine that they're still young. You understand. With all the makings for a real necessary delusion in progress, I asked Marcus to jump on a call to discuss. But only a week later, delusions can be tricky things. They can be very hard to see when you're living inside of them in real time. And the Marcus that I found on the phone, although strongly telling himself his necessary stories, seemed to be having a hard time connecting to our previous conversation. He called me on his break from his office. He was in between patients. We only had 30 minutes on the call, but I hope what we got is a little snapshot of his life and perspective mid-necessary delusional transition. Here's my conversation with Marcus. Zad, 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 illusion. Do you want to tell me about how your progress is on being Seth Rogen in the corduroy suit? (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know how it is. I,
0: I think, yeah. I don't know why that question just threw me. I bought CBD joints. CBD joints. They tried the weed after all. And uh, I took like three puffs of one and then felt nauseous for the rest of the night. (laughs) My progress of being Seth Rogen is terrible. Not good, yeah. I can't smoke weed, uh, but I can wear a suit with a tie-dye t-shirt.
1: Marcus has really never been able to smoke weed in the 20 years that I've known him. Gets him all anxious. That was full delusion. So Marcus, we are about a week out from your move, is that true?
0: Two weeks out, yeah, the boxes, oh no, I'm sorry, a week out, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, the boxes are coming
1: tomorrow, and the move is a week from tomorrow. Where is your sense of self in ending your sort of 20-year career as a New Yorker, <sighs> a proper New Yorker?
0: Right, right. Yeah, it is it is bittersweet. I think a lot about Chinese food and how much I'll miss being able to order from my Chinese food spot. That's mostly where my sentiment is kind of wrapped up in now because I have a very good relationship with the Chinese delivery place and uh, the driver in particular. And I bow to each other when he gives me the food and it's like kind of the highlight of my week in a way that's embarrassing. Some things never change. Scarsdale's super conservative. There's like seven country clubs in Scarsdale. It's like, you know, it's a sort of a weird accident that we wound up. It's like very like ladies, Lululemon pants, manicures, like... White Lexus, that's like the vibe. Like, we live in a real commuting area where it's like lawyers. I mean, not the mince words. Like, we, we bought like a very inexpensive house relatively in a very expensive neighborhood. So, and a lot of that had to do with like Jew stuff with my wife where it's like there, if you want to be walking distance to like an Orthodox synagogue, like there aren't that many Orthodox synagogues, obviously, once you leave New York City
1: or the five boroughs. One of the reasons they chose Scarsdale was for the Jewish community there. Marcus's wife grew up Orthodox, and so besides wanting to be in close proximity so that Marcus could commute a couple days a week to his downtown office, they wanted to be walking distance from a synagogue. There's all these... Like beautiful Hudson River
0: towns, Nyack, but none of those towns are like Jewish. Scarsdale's like Jewy, but it's like upscale. And it's also right, it's like Republican Jews. That's like the vibe a little bit. Not their vibe. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of people. It's obviously like, it's a town. I'll give you an example of like Scarsdale. Like when we went to buy the house, so we went to like the bank in Scarsdale and there was like this little five foot tall woman, blonde, wearing a Yankees cap, just like reaming out the guy at the bank for like taking too long. I suppose this is a Jessica. You know this term the kids use, like Karen's? Like Scarsdale, intense Karen's place. Like where like a lady will like yell at you and like sort of be like way too intense about stuff that's like very unnecessary. This is not a
1: cool place. Yeah. Do you hear his story? This is not a cool place. And they haven't even spent the night yet. Marcus and his wife are creative intellectuals who have spent decades living in the city. And like anyone, they have consciously, unconsciously started to take on some of that lifestyle and consider it a part of their own identities. They don't just live in Brooklyn, they are Brooklyn. I am Queens Boulevard, anyone? Anyway, the reality of moving his family just an hour north to Scarsdale doesn't just change his location, it actually threatens the way that he sees himself. I don't mean to make this overly dramatic. Frankly, even though we're the same age, over the years, I've come to really look up to Marcus. He's just an extremely responsible, well-balanced, kind person. And he really listens. I admire the way he is with his kids and the way that he conducts himself. And I, for one, am excited and optimistic about this move. But we always take it more personally when it's happening to us, right?
0: We're definitely going to have a lot of friends who are Michaels and Jessicas. There's no two ways about that. I'm going to be, like, talking to guys about, like, 401ks and teslas
1: and bitcoin that's what i'm gonna be doing every goddamn weekend <laughs> can you tell he's excited <laughs> You might be thinking, but these are perfectly normal things to do, and they are. But Marcus doesn't authentically see himself as that kind of guy. With the move only a week away, he also worries about the stories that the cities are going to be relaying to his two young kids. That's
0: the anxiety I feel for my kids, too. It's like, yeah, like, a nice part about living in Brooklyn is, like, your kids see people from different backgrounds and different socioeconomic positions, and they ideally have some sense or curiosity about, like, the world, whereas, like, in Scarsdale, to say nothing of, like, private schools, It's like my kids are now going to grow up like not knowing basically, I would guess like not a single person of color unless they're like people who are like immediately connected to us who, you know, I don't know, like what their relationship with like all that like will be, for example. So that makes me super nervous.
1: It's sort of a timeless story, really. Boy grows up sheltered in the suburbs, runs away to the big city and learns about the world only to have boys of his own and move them back to shelter them in the suburbs. It's a classic delusion.
0: I went to the house on Saturday to like check in with the contractor because he, he pulled up all the carpets and he painted the house and it looks great. Yeah, looks a lot different. The house was like filled with like way too much furniture and purple and blue carpet. And it smelled like, you know, sort of rosy and musky like a grandma. And now it's like, you know, there's hardwood floors
1: everywhere. Everything's painted white. It's like a little bit more like our, our vibe a little bit, you know. You see how squishy we are? And I'm not knocking him, we can all be like this sometimes. The seemingly superficial stuff can mean a lot. For instance, I wore the wrong shirt when I went out with a group of new people recently. It threw off my whole night. (laughs) It was a friend's birthday party, and my wife and I didn't really know anyone else when we got there. I wore this new polo shirt that was intended to be only for work, and as soon as I showed up with a bunch of new people who had no context for who I am, I hate to admit it, but I could feel their eyeballs. Oh my god, I was so self-conscious. I started telling myself this story. I was like, oh great, how are any of these people supposed to get an authentic understanding of who I am now? Over a shirt. Also, I'm in my mid-30s. Okay, my late 30s. But the delusion worked to Marcus's benefit. As soon as he saw the hardwood floors and the white walls, the new house started to feel like home. If you come from New York, it's almost a certainty that you're going to have this
0: weird chip on your shoulder where it's like, when you move to Scarsdale and you tell everyone you meet in Scarsdale and Yonkers and White Plains that you're moving to Scarsdale, like all the people that sort of facilitate you buying the house or neighbors that you meet or friends of friends you get hooked up with who are like already live out there, everyone's like, oh, you're coming from Brooklyn, but let me tell you, like in White Plains, we have the best pizza, better than pizza in Brooklyn. Don't worry about that. And it's
1: like, ta delusion.
0: You do not have pizza. I already know that the pizza and white plane don't. Don't even fuck.
1: People are Michael Jessica. If you are listening to this, don't take this personally, but don't get him started on the pizza. Listen to him; he's incensed. People are like they're very intent on
0: like selling you. You know, this is just as good. And uh, right, there is that kind of ambivalence, I guess, where it's like I am open to the idea that I will eat good pizza and like white planes, but I am also like I am also simultaneously like defended against the idea that like. The pizza on White Plains is, like, just as good as, like, the best pizza in New York. Can you hear it, Earth Monster? This is not just about the pizza. There's a lot of weird identity stuff, which I think you point out
1: well. I'm getting real rejection vibes from you. Oh, no. I'm feeling like you're rejecting the place a little bit before you get there and get to know it. I'm a little, like, defended against it, for sure. No, you're right about that. I'm a little offended by the terms Michael and (laughs) Jessica's
0: people do not like that i thought it was so funny when i came up with it literally every single person i've said that to has been like no no one is like that idea
1: it sounds a little snobby mm-hmm.
0: it is um yeah i'm sure they're very interesting pe- obviously people live in scarsdale are human beings with like interior lives and like hopes and dreams and like anxieties
1: the vibe that i'm getting a little bit is maybe you're like a little afraid to be affiliated with the michaels and the Jessicas.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Well, Maybe
0: that necessary plan. delusion is thinking I'm better than Scarsdale.
1: We got there. Necessary delusion identified. He thinks he's better than Scarsdale. Smarter, more cultured, more interesting than Scarsdale. Scarsdale's the cookie cutter, and Marcus is the panna cotta. You can't put a panna
0: in a cookie cutter. I'm a very friendly person. I just, I don't feel like a burning desire at this point in my life to like go out and make a lot of
1: friends. I also have like two sons. That key word that he just ran past was friends. He doesn't have a lot of desire to go out and make new friends, which actually sounds like it plays right into his fear about moving to Scarsdale, remember? There's that thing where your world can just shrink like really
0: violently now we're getting to it i also have like two sons and i don't know if these words will like age well but like sunny and i do this thing where i'm always just like sunny you're like my best friend like we just kind of hang out i mean insofar as like that's what a friend is like we just hang out. We go places together. We like do stuff. We talk like my kids. Yeah. I'm just like so in love with them. I don't know. Like I don't have this burning desire to go out and make new friends to like not be with my kids on a Saturday afternoon because I'm hanging out
1: with like Jeff, who I met at like the hardware store or whatever. Oh, really? That's too bad because Jeff really had his heart set on talking to you about 401ks, Teslas and Bitcoin. No interest. Who knows? Maybe he really doesn't want to make new friends, or maybe it's just that weird anxiety that can come with making new friends in your 30s. You know what I'm talking about. It's, it's like you just don't know how to do it anymore. Delusion.
0: I've had a lot of bad luck, like, striking up conversations with people and having them, like, ignore me or, like, accidentally insulting them, you know? Yeah, I haven't, like, done great. Like, I haven't, like, made friends as, like,
1: a parent with, like, other kids' parents, you know? I do know. I don't have kids, but making new friends can be a clunky practice for anyone. Because it sort of needs to be sincere. Not when you're younger. When I was in my 20s, I legitimately thought that I could be friends with anyone that I met. Like if we talked once, and then we agreed to talk again, that made us friends. Delusion. But after a couple years, your habits and preferences and natural tendencies start to emerge, and the evidence is undeniable. Friendship is for the relationships with an organic connection that you can't fake. And if you're like me, it turns out that I don't even really need to be friends with some of those people. There are real, true, authentic friends out there in the world right now that I love, that I never talk to. And I think that's okay. Delusion! It feels very natural. Anyway, the idea of being friends with someone that I consciously don't really connect with is absurd to me. That's a full delusion. I can't be friends with them because it's just not there. Or maybe I'm overcomplicating the whole thing, and after the age of 30, we all just start to get these intense ideas that we know too much about ourselves, and we think we can predict our own lives. De- de- this is what I have been thinking about
0: a lot, which is, to what extent, once you have kids, do you unconsciously strive? or not explicitly not strive to like recreate your own childhood with your kids. Like I grew up in this house with my parents and my parents liked the house and they just fiddled around with the house every weekend. We would all like, you know, go out to dinner, get an ice cream. I had like my little dumb like softball stuff that I did or whatever. And we all just kind of puttered around. But my parents didn't have, that's like a big thing in my marriage. Like My wife comes from a real community of people where I think like you have like, you know, 25 people over to your house for a barbecue like every weekend like friends and this person and that person and cousins and like I definitely grew up kind of just like seeing only my parents for the most part and we were friendly with our neighbors and like that kind of stuff but it was very it was pretty like mellow I don't know I think I definitely have this idea now that what I'm going to do is like every weekend I'm going to like work on the house and like Sonny and I are going to like go to the hardware store and like buy something and like get an ice cream I can't tell if I'm in denial and it hasn't hit me yet Or if actually, like, this is a thing that I've invested a lot of energy in for such
1: a long time that I'm getting kind of what I want and it's not going to be. What he actually wants after all. That got so real he couldn't even finish his sentence. (laughs) That's painfully relatable, don't you think?
0: I don't like being in Brooklyn on the weekend. Like, this thing has happened where all of a sudden I just really don't like it.
1: I feel like Scarsdale is the natural evolution of, like, Brooklyn hipsters when they need to get out of the city. No,
0: no, Scarsdale's. Well, that's the weird thing. We're moving to a place where there's a lot of people who are, like, conservative. Do you take any offense when I call you hipsters? No, I mean, I'm flattered because I'm, like, a fat middle-aged therapist with (laughs) But What anyone would call me a, a hipster is, like, it's pretty pretty high praise. Like I have patients who are 22 who are like, have you heard of this band like Gorilla Toss? And it's like, no, I haven't. I'm not even close to hearing about it. I don't even know someone who knows who that band is. Like I'm very far away from knowing who that band is. Thank you for asking me. Like I might know who that band is.
1: Yeah. But he used to know who all the bands were. When we were 22, on Friday nights, we would go to secret shows in Williamsburg or the East Village where we had friends who were playing electropunk songs in all French, and I would act like I understood all the references. Delusion. But he's right. That was almost 20 years ago. Oof. It is a fast ride, huh? Go ahead, 20-somethings. Keep shaking your asses at us like you own it. You don't own it. You're almost done. You're just too delusional to see it. (laughs) We're not the ones getting swollen and moving to the suburbs. That's you we're already sending our kids to college and sliding safely into our midlife crises. Da da delusion. So Marcus, try to tell me the things that you're most scared of about moving to Scarsdale. Honestly,
0: I mean, this is getting like probably way too personal, but I mean, the thing that I'm most scared of is that my wife is going to hate it and have a nervous breakdown and we're going to get divorced. That's, that's what I'm actually afraid of. I'm really not afraid of like anything else. Like I'll be in the West Village four days a week. You know what I mean?
1: He's keeping his office downtown and commuting into the city. And that is the big asterisk in his story.
0: I can still buy my $6.50 coffee. I can still go to, like, the fancy gym with all the really hot gay guys. I can still do all the, like, Manhattan things. Like, I can eat falafel. I can see people smoke weed and ride BMX bikes, like, whenever I want. You know, the important stuff. All that's, like, fine. I've been ready to leave New York, I mean, for a while. So in that way, I don't I don't feel scared about my identity in that way. But I do worry about my kids to to a lesser extent. And my wife, who is from, like, a city and isn't from America, and as a result, isn't from the American suburbs. So this is all, like, to me, this is like I'm moving back to my own childhood in a way, whereas, like, my wife is moving into, like, a very alien situation. The part of it is it's a Jewish community, so in that way, I mean, she's, like, familiar with that piece. But my wife doesn't drive a car. My wife doesn't know how to drive. And she's not—she keeps saying she's going to learn, and now we're moving in a week, and she doesn't even have her learner's permit. So it's like, how are you going to go play—like, I, I, we're not off to, like, a great start. I guess we're like, we've now—we've now— We've now dialed back to like, you know, what the second we get there, we're buying you a bike and you can you can be the only person in Scarsdale who rides a bike to the supermarket with like a little basket and a bell and like rides home with like groceries. Like literally, you're the only person in the entire town who's going to ride a bike to the supermarket. And what would be wrong with that? No, totally nothing. I mean, it, it cements our status as, like, weird people who don't quite belong in Scarsdale. Like, oh, they're nice, but
1: the wife, like, rides a bike to the supermarket? People aren't going to know what to make of that. But. but weirdly, that seems like the part that he could really get into. Because what I'm mostly hearing is that he doesn't want to fit into Scarsdale. He wants to remain the Panacota that would sooner put a bullet in his head than join a country club.
0: Fucking put a bullet in my head if I ever tell you that I've joined a country club. Like, I'm not going to get into fucking golf
1: Okay, okay, we get it. You can take the hipster out of Brooklyn, huh? We'll follow your lead, dude. You let us know who you are and how you would like to be seen. Just like the rest of us. Identity is such a delusion. That could actually be the tagline for the show. So you don't feel like you're losing this part of yourself because you feel like you get to still come visit. I just know this of myself. I wonder if you're feeling the same thing. Is part of you fearful that when you move to Scarsdale, you're actually going to get turned off by commuting into the city? Mm -hmm. You're going to very quickly want to embrace Scarsdale, Mm -hmm. get a practice going up there, get an office going up there, and fully reject any semblance of your old Life. I, I didn't know. want
0: any of that now but I would not be surprised if that happened at some point what I actually think more about speaking of Karens is I sort of fear myself becoming more conservative if we live there and you know and when you live in New York you sort of know like the guy wearing a suit and a baseball cap and sneakers at Grand Central who like gets in a fight with like a group of like kids because he's like, he's not like cool. You know what I mean? Or he's like, he yells at kids and then they beat the shit out of him. And it goes on to like worldstar.com. Yeah. Like I sort of fear, like I'll be like a man who lives in the suburbs and we'll like, one day I'll be wash- walking through Washington square park and I'll just like slap a guy in the back of the head. Cause he's like skateboards by me. And it like makes me angry that he does that. And then I get like the shit kicked out of me. Like I worry about losing touch with something that feels like very f- fundamental to, I don't know if it's fundamental to being young or fundamental to just being a New Yorker. I think what I'm hearing is that it's something that feels fundamental to who you are. Like my dad, who's old and lives in like a gated community in Florida now, will do insane shit. Where he'll just like, he'll, he just, that thing that happens to old white people where they just feel omnipotent. Like no one can touch me because I'm like old and white. So I just say like rude shit to people because like, what are they going to do? Like that thing where you just like lose your mind, you know? yeah I am a, I don't think I mean I'm like not eighty, but I do I do fear like living in Westchester and like losing touch with reality.
1: Reality, the biggest delusion of all. What do you know about reality? You are like ninety seven percent squishy, subjective, perspective earth monster. I'm talking to myself.
0: Well, there's something about the suburbs specifically. I mean, there are plenty of people who live in New York City who are bigots or close-minded or shitty. On the other hand, there is something about the suburbs where it's like you can just be fully up your own ass forever. And uh, again, I think because of the work I do and my interests, and I teach and I'm exposed to like, I'm a person who's like very invested, I think because of this anxiety in like continuing to think and push and challenge myself to some extent.
1: I I understand that sort of like fear of your own evolution.
0: Yeah. Dude, my 1 p.m. is here, so I gotta
1: go. I'm sorry. All right. Lovely seeing I love you face. so much, man. We'll do it again. Yep. Let me know when you're free. Thank you so much, man. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Marcus only had 30 minutes to talk on his break, but I do believe that we dug underneath all of those delusions to find what is really there. It's not about the delusion that he is better or weirder or more interesting than Scarsdale. It's about fear that he will become Scarsdale, that he himself will become sheltered and narrow-minded and out of touch, and that over time he'll begin to think of that as reality. I want to thank Marcus for his story today, for his transparency and willingness to jump on the phone and shoot from the hip with an open heart, to share the story that he is telling himself today, right now, because that is the thing that feels the most vulnerable, is when you try to articulate the story that you're living, today's necessary delusion. Go ahead, try it. What is your necessary delusion right now, Earth Monster? What story are you telling yourself today? Do you know? Are you sure? Or maybe you just said the first thing that you thought because you didn't want to admit that you didn't have an answer. It's like staring at an object through the fog. There's a basic shape, but the specifics, the most important part, the language that we use, isn't clear. I started being able to see my own necessary delusions when I stopped acting like I knew so much about my own life. When I stopped running my mouth at the first idea that popped into my head, and I just let my eyes relax and look at the fog. Thank you for being here with me today earth monster if you have love for the show and you want to support us you can send us $1.43 to at your necessary delusion on venmo and we will consider that love please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast you can write us a review on apple itunes that's the purple podcast app you just hit five stars and you type in your little review with your thumbs and you're done you do the whole thing from your phone too pushy I want to thank you so much for being here today, and to the love of my life, Paola Monterre, for taking the time to learn all about this earth monster that she wakes up to every day. We have got epic, everyday stories of success and redemption coming out for you every Monday. You're definitely not going to want to miss next week, because I only talk to compelling people. We'll see you next time.
0: We do, we really like our realtor who we've been kind of intensely friend flirting with like the entire time. She's like an elderly woman named Edie, but we're kind of buddies with her. So I'm definitely like, we're going to invite Edie over for dinner. That's like where we're at. Yeah. Edie is a special lady. She's very educated. She's sharp. She's like opinionated. She's funny. She's kind of like little and mousy. She has like a little intense haircut and she's like I think she gets that we're like pretty weird to be living in Scarsdale and maybe she's pretty weird to be living in Scarsdale and that's kind of like how we vibe with her a little bit. Her parents were both professors at Yale. So she has this like super weird like kind of interesting background and she has like adult children we we think a lot about like that thing I feel like when you move to the suburbs more than the city there's like a thing where like maybe my best friend could be like an 80 year old man and that's like a person that I like hang out with and then like that guy has kids who are like my age who or like dad why are you hanging out with like that I'll like meet his kids and it'll be like super awkward because it's like I'm like best friends with your dad it's so weird, yeah, like I feel like Edie's kids would like not like the fact that we're like inviting Edie over for dinner, but that's my own weird projection, yeah
1: da, da, delusion All right.